our theme this year, for those of you who don't know, is from Daniel 11:32, and it says this, that those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Those who know, everyone say no, will be and do. No be do. No be do. We should get t-shirts, shouldn't we? No be do. But Daniel 11, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. And that is actually sequential. We have to know God in order to be strong. And in order to, be, to, to do great, we have to be strong. Do great, be strong, know Him. It's, it's sequential. There's a sequence. We have to know Him. And this part of this, the first, and we've broken the, the, the year into three parts. Four, four, four. And the first is knowing God. And that's what this four months is about. And we've gone into a fast, and it's not a legalistic fast. It's, and if you're here this morning, like, I have just, I'm just terrible at fasting. I've just failed. Then shame off you, not shame on you. There is no condemnation for those who Christ Jesus. We left this very open so some people can go do a 40-day water fast if they want. Some people can do, can do a Daniel fast. Some people can do... Um, do a, uh, an intermittent fast. Some people are doing a juice fast. You can do what fast. Some people are, uh, are fasting TV or they're fasting social media. And it's between you and the Lord. There's no condemnation, okay? It is by grace that we're saved and not by works, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says. Well, if we, we're going back into dead works, if now we feel and we think that by fasting, we can by some way twist God's arm to make God do something. That doesn't work. It is by his grace. We don't fast for God. We fast for us. Fasting does something deep inside of us that, that causes to change. It touches us deeply. Okay. So we're, we're, we're on this four months. Those who know, those who know their God, I, I feel right now, I just want to, I just want to know you. Lord, I just want to know you. I just want to know you. I want to know I want to know more about you. It's nowhere better than being safely in the palm of his hand, knowing him. Any Tozer fans in the house? Okay, this is a Tozer quote. The early church was not an organization. The early church was not a movement. But the early church was a walking incarnation of spiritual power. The church began in power. She moved in power. And she moved just as long as she had power. But when she no longer had power, she dug in for safety and sought to conserve her gains. But her blessings were like manna that when tried to be stored up, bred worms and stank. And so we've had monasticism and scholasticism and institutionalism. And they've all been indicative of one thing. Absence of spiritual power. In church history, every return to New Testament power has marked a new advance somewhere, and every diminution of power has seen the rise of some new mechanism of conservation and defense. If this analysis is reasonably correct, then we are today in a state of very low spiritual power. And I want to suggest to you that that's true. Because we've dug in for safety, the church, the big church, the church at large, and sought to conserve her gains. And I, and I want to say this is, I believe this, God is stirring something. God is shifting spiritual tectonic plates. There's something happening, a big, it's like a chapter has turned. The, uh, something new is happening. And Isaiah says, 
behold, I'm doing a new thing. Though it springs up, do you not perceive it? And church, what what fasting does is it, it sharpens our perception to hear and see and be aware of what God is doing in the earth. The sons of Issachar understood the times and they knew just what to do. It's not just understanding, but it's also knowing what to do. It's not just being prophetic, it's knowing what to do. It's having the wisdom to know what to do. It's having the wisdom to know what is next. What is the next step that God is wanting? What is God doing? What is God saying? And we keep in step with that spirit. His word is a lamp unto our feet, but it's also a light unto our path. But sometimes all we have, and we looked at this last week, is a lamp. Everyone say lamp. Hannah Stoltz, you know, is a professor at Wheaton College, said that the, uh, is, is, is the lamp was a, would give you about three feet of light. And you know, sometimes when we're walking by the Spirit, all we can do is walk one step in front of the other. And some of you need to know that this morning. You're looking, well, God, what are you saying? All you can see is three steps. You want to run. You're a visionary. You just want to know where we're going. God says, no, right now, all you have is a lamp. You don't have a light. There's other times you just have a light. It's like, oh my gosh, I can just run. I can run in any direction. It's so bright. I can just see. But I think there's a training that God takes us through at different times where he teaches us and trains us to go one step, one step, one step. You can't see. He's only just going to give us just enough. And that's, that's what fasting does. Turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah 58. And I, I'm going to just say some things about fasting today. <sighs> I'm not going to ask you if you're fasting, because um, the last thing I want anyone to do is to feel in any way condemned. But I would encourage you today, go and grab one of the pieces of paper on the Daniel fast, but it will shift something in you. But here's what the Bible says. It's in Isaiah 58, and it says, Is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? Everyone say, I have chosen. That I have chosen. Is this not the kind of fast that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of yoke, and to set the captives free, and to break every yoke. Isn't that awesome? Church, I'm going to read this again. Tune in, tune in. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. This is God's voice in print. This is the only book we'll ever read where the, where the author is always present. And he's present right now. And when I read this at the sound of my voice, this is the word of the Lord. Is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen for you, says the Lord, to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords and yokes, to set the captives free, and to break every yoke? We are called to break every yoke. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, it says two chapters later, three chapters later, because He has anointed me to set the captives free. He has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted, to release from captivity. That's what the church is anointed for. That's where Jesus in Luke chapter 4, when he opens the scroll and he starts to read that passage of scripture in Isaiah 61, and he says, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing, Jesus says, it's me. By the way, it's me. The anointing is upon me. And guess what? He's the head and we're the body. Therefore, it's upon us. The Spirit of the Lord has has anointed us. He's upon us. Church, this is why we're here. This is why we're on planet Earth. This is why we were born at this time in history. We could have been born at any other time. But God chose us for this time. Here's, Here's an acronym for fasting. Ready? F. 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 Get you focused. Fasting gets you focused, and it gets you focused on what's first. 
Have not I chosen for you a fast? The first thing is, God, what do you want? Someone said it today. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first that kingdom. Seek first my kingdom. Brandon said it when he was, when he, when he was taking up the tithes and offering about the kingdom first. When we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will be added unto us as well. Fasting. Fasting, church, gets you focused. Jesus says to the disciples, I have food that you don't know of. And, the, and the, the food that Jesus had that he said that they don't know of was to do the will of the one who sent me. Fasting gets you focused. Fasting gets you focused on what is first. A, everybody say A, is for appetite. The first few, it's for appetite. It makes you incredibly aware of your appetite. The first three days, whenever I do a fast in our family, you can see heads drop and a a groan in the house because dad is going to be in a horrible mood. See, often we think, oh, fasting, that person must be so holy. Yeah, not true. (laughs) The first few days, it's just like like all the impurities are coming to the surface. All the bad attitude, you, you've got that caffeine you're dealing with, not having caffeine, and, and, you've got, and, I, and, and, and my sugar levels are off, and I don't know what's going on, and I feel, I'm hungry, and I'm hangry. That's being hungry and angry at the same time. Don't say that amen too loud, hon. Yeah, that's true, very true. Oh. It, 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 makes us, it, it makes us aware. It makes us aware. If you ever walk past in your house and you just grab some M&Ms or you grab a cookie or you grab a potato chip, suddenly there's an awareness. I can't just grab stuff and your appetite is saying yes, but what you're saying is, God, I'm actually more hungry for you. God, you know, you can write this down. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. Whatever you feed will grow. If you feed your appetite, it will get bigger. If you starve your appetite, it will get smaller. And what you will find as you fast, not only will you get focused, but you'll start to become aware. Your appetite will start to change. It's a fight, but something begins to just shift. And it's like, ah, wow, I'm starting to feel aware. I'm starting to, something's beginning to happen. Uh, number three, is it soft? It softens. Everyone say it softens. F-A-S. S is it softens. It softens. It softens your heart and it slows you down. First the natural, then the spiritual. Something about fasting actually breaks you down. You don't have the same energy. A man named Charles Simpson once said to me, I said, Charles, he was here in St. Charles, and I said, speaking to my life, I'm, you know, um, I'm just, I'm starting this, this, this church, I'm a young pastor, and he looked at me, and he said, uh, he said two things, the, the first was, which is, still blows my mind, he said, there's been times in my life where God anointed me to do the wrong thing and say the wrong thing in order for me to say, see the end of my own idea. Yeah, I'll let you think about that for a while, I've been thinking about it for 10 years. Um, the second thing was this, he said, he said, unexploded dynamite is more powerful than exploded dynamite. He said, if you blow up all the time, I thought, I don't blow up all the time. But he says, if you have a very strong personality, and you just, he said, in the end, it's like, well, that's just that person, they all just blow up. But if people know you do, you can, but you choose not to, 
that's more powerful. If you have a very strong personality, you have very strong convictions, you're a strong person, fasting is awesome because it softens you. It breaks you down. It weakens you. The Bible says, when we are weak, he is strong. God's power is perfected in weakness. God does stuff when we can't do it. You know, someone said to me recently, well, God will never give you what you can't handle. I'm like, I'm not sure about that. I think God only gives you what you can't handle. (laughs) Because that's where he rocks. That's where he shows up. That's where he goes, are you done? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm done. It's like, okay, then I'll take it from here. And then he's amazing, and he makes us look amazing because we're his kids, and he loves us. See, the church began in power, and she walked just as long as she had power, but when she no longer had power, she dug in for safety and sought to conserve her gains. But like worms, when tried to be stored up, they bred worms and stank. And so we've had monasticism and scholasticism and institutionalism, and they've all been indicative of one thing, absence of spiritual power. First thing that God spoke to us as a church is you are to not build something around a program. You're not to build around a performance. And you're not to build around a personality. You're to build around my presence. And church, there is a God is stirring. He's stirring us right now. He's stirring us. And I want to, I want to encourage you. And I mean that. In the, in, I really mean that. In a, I want to encourage us to, to be, to to be awakey-wakey because God is ready. He's up for it. God's ready to move, but we can quench the spirit. We can. Somebody asked, what's the worst, to quench the spirit or grieve the spirit? The answer, don't do either. (laughs) So it softens, it softens the heart. It softens us. When when we get soft, we become submissive. You know, James says this, submit yourself to God. Everyone say submit. I think sometimes we don't like things like that. We don't like things like obey or submit. But the Bible talks about it. James says, submit yourself to God then. Watch this. Resist the devil and he will flee. Sorry, Lily. (laughs) 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 But but so so often we do this. Well, I'm just resisting the devil and he won't go away. I'm like, well, he has to. And then you're like, you know, often in the scripture, wherever, wherever there's a promise, there's an if. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. If, wherever there's a promise, there's an if. Submit yourself to God, then resist the devil, he'll flee. Well, I resist the devil, he didn't flee. Are you submitted to God? And I want to say to you, church, this isn't some heavy-handed God who just like, well, you have to obey me first. He's saying, hey, listen, if you want to walk in my power, if you want to see what everything if in your generation, if you want to see it. And God's, God's pretty patient. You know, he's waited a couple of thousand years just since the cross. Peter says he's not slow in keeping his promises. He says, I'm just being patient for your sake. So, but we can. Then he says, you can hasten the day of his return. We can hurry up. God's up for it. But he says, are you up for it? No? Okay, I'll wait for the next generation. I love you all, by the way. See you all in glory. But this is why we're here on planet Earth. Okay, so there's that. Uh, T is for training. 
Train, fasting trains you. It trains you. It does something. It, it trains. You know, in, in, in Corinthians 9, it's Paul says, anyone who wants to commit to the games goes into strict training. Everyone say strict training. And we, we, we run to get a prize, but, but, but only one gets the prize. But we but run to win. Paul says, I don't run like a man beating the air. He says, no, I buffet my body. Buffet my body. Another reason why we're fasting. It's the same word. I never, I never knew. I didn't know. I saw the word buffet. I'm like, that's what Paul was talking about. It's the same spelling. He buffeted his body. No, he buffeted his body. I found that out. He buffeted his body. And he says, I make it a slave unto righteousness. There's something, there's something where we can say, body, you're going to get in line. You're going to obey. You're going to, I'm going to train you. You're going to hear the word of the Lord. The Psalms, bless the Lord, all my soul. It's, David is saying, hey, hey, soul. Our soul is our mind, our emotions, and our will. He's saying, soul, we're going to praise the Lord today. Woo, okay, we're going to praise the Lord. Speak to yourself, church. Say, we're going to praise the Lord today. Oh, yes, we are. See, we praise him for what he's done, but we worship him for who he is. Worship is extravagant respect and devotion that is unrestrained by reason. The only reason is because he's God. That's why. So it trains us. It trains us. It trains. What's this? Romans 8 verse 6. Paul says this. The mind. Everyone say the mind. Controlled. Another word we don't want to hear. Submission. Control. Yeah. I, I, we all hate control in this house. We hate controlling leadership. We hate controlling stuff. We've all, many of us have been through in controlling places and we hate it, right? But, but, but watch this. When the Bible does talk about control, what does he say? And God says this. The mind controlled by, your, by the spirit, by the spirit, is life. And peace. Just let me think. Let me just, this is Sila. Ready? The mind, your mind, my mind, that is under the control of the Holy Spirit will bring two things, life and peace. It will bring life and it will bring peace. It will bring life and it will bring peace. It will bring life and it will bring peace. When we are trained, when we allow, fasting trains us. It softens us, but it trains us. It trains the mind. No, take every thought captive. What is the Spirit of God saying? And some of us, it's like a balloon that is depleted and empty of air. And that's what our spirit man is like. And as we start to grow, Jude says, build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the spirit. Praying in tongues is what causes us to build ourselves up. Is one of the ways that we build ourselves up in the most holy faith. That's why Paul says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. But as we pray in tongues, it's like a balloon. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. And our spirit man is getting bigger, 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 bigger. Until it's actually controlling our mind, which as Paul says, the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Church, to be a people of the spirit that are led by the spirit, that are walking in the spirit, we need to control our minds with our spirit. And that's one of the things fasting does is it trains your mind. It tra sorry, it trains your mind to submit to the Spirit of God inside of you. I, I, church, I want to just be, humbly admit, these are principles. But I'm, I, this week, I felt God have me on a crash course again. Like, like, like sometimes, do you remember that game? You know, it's like, it's like a ball bearing. You know, and it's like in a maze, and it's, uh, and it's got little holes in it. Well, not holes, but like little pits, and you have to try and get the ball in. It's called labyrinth. 
like a wooden, and it's, and it's, and, and it's like you're striving to get the ball, like the, the steel ball bearing into that until it's seated. You know what I'm talking about? And this is, this, is, this is, you know, I talked last week about finding your center, where God says to Adam, Adam, where are you? And if you've ever been to a mall, it doesn't matter where you're trying to get to in mall. If you don't know where you are, it doesn't matter where you're trying to get to. You won't know where you're trying to get to because you don't know where you are. And there's a little sticker on that directory, and it's in a little circle, and it says what? You are here. And that's what we need to know when we spend time with the Lord. Where are you? You've got to find yourself in God. Find your center. And that's why Hebrews 4 says, strive to enter his rest. Strive his work. Until you find your center and you're like, whoa, I'm there. This is it. I'm good. Life and peace. Life and peace. I'm seated. I'm here. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. The peace that passes understanding. I'm going to give, it goes past the understanding. I just gave up my right to understand. But I'm going to go for the peace, if that's okay. Good. I'm going to go for the peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy. In the Holy Ghost, Romans 14, verse 17. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Don't get me, you, you're going to get me started in a minute. I feel like I could just go off. But, you know, this week, I, I was thinking, John says, I was in the Spirit. I was in the Spirit. I was, I was in the Spirit. And I heard a voice from behind me, and I looked you know, we can be in the Spirit. We can also be out of the Spirit. Peter was in the Spirit, and Jesus says, who do the people say I am? He says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, bless you, Peter. For this has not been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. The very same chapter, the very same context, Jesus starts to talk to them about going going to the cross, and Peter pulls him aside and says, Master, may this never be. He says, get behind me, Satan. You do not even have the things of God in your heart. He's like, whoa, hang on. Well, I prefer the last thing you said about me. Like, you know that whole thing where you're saying, like, I'm the guy, and you're going to build a church on the revelation of who I just said you are? Can we stick with that? And he's like, no, you're Satan. What? He went from speaking in the spirit to speaking in the demonic in the same sitting. It's possible to be in the spirit. It's also it's possible to get out of the spirit. That's why we need to stay centered. That's why we need to strive to enter into his place of rest and say, boom, I landed. Fasting helps train that. Fasting helps that process of striving. I'm, Lord, I'm going to navigate this. God, I'm going to find a way through until I'm seated, until I find that peace. Fasting, I, brings, takes away impurities Fasting takes away the impurities. Even in the natural, it takes away impurities. Malachi 3 verse 2, he says, like the refiner, he, he refines me like the refiner's fire. We're going to have a, a school here in 2020. It's being put together now and it's called the refinery. And people from around the world are going to come to the Tri-Cities to be trained full time. It's a school, and the word refinery actually, by definition, is a facility where raw materials go through the process of having impurities removed in order to produce something of value. That's what the refinery means. 
And Malachi says he takes us through the refiner's fire. And God wants to burn and he wants to take away dross and he wants to get rid of impurities and he wants to get rid of stuff. And if you know anything about smelting and the, the process of refining, the refiner will keep moving the dross away from the gold until he can see his face as a reflection in the liquid gold. God wants to do something with us. That's why Paul says, now with unveiled faces, we reflect his glory. And he, there's impurities just going. God's going to get rid of impurities today. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. You know, there are people here with addictions. There's a people here with, with, who've been trapped in things. They've never told anyone about the gospel is good news because Jesus paid for it all on the cross. That's why it's, it's good news. Sounds too good to be true. It's too good and it's too true. The wrath of God was satisfied at Calvary. You know, sometimes you look at pictures of, you put the pictures of Jesus on the cross, meek and mild with a nice little crown of thorns. Church, it wasn't. It, the, Isaiah said he was marred beyond human recognition. Think, I don't think too much about it. There's kids in the room. But he was not, you, he, you, he didn't look like a human being. And he became unrecognizable so that we could be recognizable to the Father. The wrath of God was satisfied at Calvary. And he says, now it's free. I paid the price. That's why it's so awesome. That's why there's no, I hate shame. Shame off you. Isaiah says, now for our shame, we get a double portion. I hate shame. I hate disgrace. We have an amazing, loving father that paid for everything. We're living on the right side of the cross. We're not doing things for love, doing things for acceptance, for victory. For it, we are doing things from, from a victory, from a place of being loved. Because it was a finished work of the cross. I think it's great, anyway. So, oh. so God is, is, is wanting to do something inside of us. Paul says, be careful how you build. Be careful how you build. Be full of care how you build. The only thing Jesus said he would build is his church. And I'm not talking about going to church. I'll be really honest. I don't care where you go to church. I don't. Because the truth is we don't even go to church. We are the church. There's something bigger going on than what church you go to. It's called the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the rule of God. It's the domain of the king himself. And wherever the will of God is done, there the kingdom of God has come. And the role of the church is to establish the kingdom, the domain of the king. The kingdom of God is righteousness. It is peace. It is joy in the Holy Ghost. One of my sons challenged very, in a loving way, uh, a secular place of employment in the last, this last month. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this to you because this is wrong. And this culture here is wrong. This environment is wrong. And this is why it is wrong. Came home and we talked about it. I said, well done, son. The kingdom of God is coming. Righteousness. Peace. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Peace. It's right. Righteousness is doing what is right. And when we do what is right, 
God says, well done, the anointing comes. And that's why in the church that we're a people who represent the king. We're here to extend the domain of the king. I, sorry, N, it navigates, nearly done, navigates through all of the noise. Oh. I'm not going to stay here because I talked about this last week. When you pray, close the door. When you pray, don't pray like this. But, but when, you, when you pray, when you fast and you pray, you close the door to other things. You close the, the doors to noises, to voices and choices. And, and, and fasting helps you navigate, helps you navigate through noise. And gee, it goes to the root and grows the right fruit. Gee, it gets to the root. It gets to the root of the issue. Do you remember, I, I, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go there. But this, they, they, bought, they bought a man to Jesus. They couldn't get the demon out. And Jesus says, this type only comes out through prayer and fasting. In other words, when you fast, you can get to the root quicker. When you fast, you can see things sharper. When you fast, you can see things more clearly. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm nearly done. Can we read this scripture? I want to, I want to give you a chunk of passage of, 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 of word to read on this week. And whether you're fasting or not, I want to ask you if you would read this. It's in 1 Thessalonians. And, and I'm, going to read this, I'm going to read the whole chapter. And I'm going to read it slowly. And then we're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5. And it says, Now, brothers, about the times and dates, we do not write to you, for you know... Sorry, brothers. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not write to you, um, for you to know, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them. Ready? Not on us. On them suddenly as labor pains of a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, but you, the church, brothers, do, are not in darkness. So this day should not surprise you like a thief. For you are sons of light and you are sons of the day. For we do not belong to the night or to, or to, or to the darkness. So then, let us be, let us, sorry, not let us not be like others who are asleep. Wakey, wakey time. But let us be alert. Let us be self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. But those, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in fact you are doing. Now we ask you brothers to respect those who work hard amongst you and those who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live at peace with one another. Listen to this. Tune in. Live, live, tune in church. Listen. And we urge you brothers to warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. Be patient 
with everyone and make sure that no one pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other in everything you do. Wow, but always try to be kind. Could, is it possible that what I've just read could be a precursor to what God is going to say next? But let's try. Therefore, be joyful always. Pray continually. Here's the first command. Be joyful. Pray continually. Give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's your will, God? Be joyful always. Be full of joy always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every circumstance. Circumstance where we get circle from. It's that which goes on around us. Whatever's going on around you, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to pray continually. Why? Because that's God's will for me in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on. He goes, for this God will you. Do not. So he said, told us three things we need to do. Here's the three things we must do. Not do. Number one, do not put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Oh. Number two, do not treat prophecy with contempt. He says, but test everything. There's a little, in brackets, I wrote this in my, in my journal this week. In brackets. But test everything and hold on to what's good. In other words, it, it, in it all, weigh it through. Be wise. Don't put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Don't treat prophecy with ten, but test everything. Hold on to that which is good. Ready? Ready, 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 ready. Avoid every kind of evil. Hey. I, I, I just, I know, church, that there's something about this fasting and praying that God is conditioning us for something. I, w- I was sitting with Judah, my son Judah, last night, and he came into my office, and I was just sitting talking to the Lord, and he came and he said, hey, Dad, do you remember this picture when we were in California? And I said, yeah, that was a long time ago. He said, no, it was, few, it was just almost two years ago. I said, no, 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 that was years ago. And he said, Dad, look, here's the date, unless I got the date wrong, and he looked up, he said, no, it was... It was the year before last. And suddenly, I said, Judah, I've just got to write this down. I'm just getting like a revelation here of how slow I am. <laughs> and I thought back to what happened. There was a meeting I was at with a very specific word on that particular trip. And I realized that some of the fulfillments of that word are happening right now. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, wow. And I realized that a year ago, we had a prophetic word about moving in the month of February by the Spirit. And in the month of February, last month, things shifted very quickly for this church in the Spirit. God shifted them. But the prophetic word was actually given last January. And the assumption is, well, it must be next month. But it was a year later the next month. And I felt like the Lord just very lovingly say this to me. Son, that's your decision. Some of the prophetic words are about you. I'm just saying, me saying, I'm ready. But you have to get ready too. God's so patient with us. He's so patient with me. But when I actually start to thought about it, and last night I was in bed, I was, before I went to bed, I was in tears. And I just sat there singing, Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. Lord, you are more costly than gold. 
There's nothing I desire compared to you. I just say, God, you're so God. It was me. I'm not, I've not been ready. Wait, you wait. But I've never, I never felt him saying, you missed it. I, I, I never felt him saying, you, you dropped the ball. I never felt him. I never felt his displeasure on me. I just remember saying, whenever you're ready, son, it's up to you. And church, I just want to tell you, God's ready. He's really ready. He's really ready. He's ready to pour out his spirit. He's ready to do miracles. He's ready to stir us. But are we ready? And that's what fasting does. We're not fasting for God. We're fasting for us to get ourselves ready. You know, we were with the with different people this week. <laughs> we invite people over for a meal. Then, of course, we're all fasting. So it's like, hey. So we just invite people over to just hang out. Well, three nights ago, we had the Morrisons over. And we were just sitting there and, you know, in pain. <laughs> but we were talking about what God was doing. We were talking about the what the Spirit of God was doing and and just get, just stirring each other. Exciting. Just provoking one another. And as Tim began to talk, he, he said, I, I, he said, I, I want to, he, he started talking about what God was doing and, and towards the end of the night, I said, um, he was talking about his dad who's here today and his mom. <laughs> and, and as, they, as, as, as he was talking, I, I started talking about um, a church that I knew and I'll just say this, it was several cities away from here. And I, I met a pastor that was involved in that church many years ago. I met him one time. And I said, hey, how's that church doing that's several cities away from here? How's it doing? Tim looked at me and said, I, I don't know. He said, something's happening, but I don't know what it is. I said, oh, is it good? He said, I'm not sure, but I think no. And something in my, again, when, when, when you're fasting, you get soft. And something just like, ah. Oh. And, and Tim said, the guy... The guy who pastors there, he's a great guy. He's from England. I said, of course he is. I said, that's amazing. I said, is there anything we can do? He said, I don't know anything that's going on, so no. And that was the end of the conversation. And I went to bed, and I got up in the morning. And my first appointment was at the, the, the coffee shop where this church started. It's now called Java DM, right here on the river, but it used to be called the Ragamuffin. And my first appointment was um, with a lady. Her name is, well, let's call her Leah, but with a T in front of it. But I was meeting with her, and I was early. And now, I'm not normally early. But I was there, and as I taught this last Sunday about how to encounter God and in this time of prayer and fasting, I had a few minutes and I got my hot drink and I went in and I could see a few people nodding like, hey, how you doing? You know, people in a, we live in a small town and I thought, I just want to be on my own. And so I sat somewhere I'd never sat before towards the back of the room, right, actually right against the back wall, behind a little wall. And I sat there and I thought, oh, I've got a few minutes. And I want to tell you this because this is the training that God's had me in this week. And I want to share it with you because I want to provoke you. But this is the most awesome, amazing story. In a minute, you're going to go, I don't, that, what? Just stay with me. This is like just stuff that happens. Like the whole building move. Like, you're like, if I wrote a book, it would be, 
I can't make this stuff up. You know, just, what? And I sat there, and I opened my hands like this, and I said, good morning, Holy Spirit. And I opened, remember in Peter it says, be clear-minded so that you can pray. And I opened my journal. You know, as a preacher or a pastor, I have to live the word the same as you, even if I said it. There's another lie with leaders that they don't have to live what they preach. You, you do. In fact, James says, you incur a stricter judgment. Anyway, whoop. So here I am. I'm sitting in this, in this coffee shop at the back on my own. And I be clear-minded. So I opened a clear page and I just went, Oh, Holy Spirit, good morning. And I wrote this right now. Right now. I want to meet you right now. In this coffee shop, which is starting to get busy. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, will you follow me? And I said, I will. And the Holy Spirit said again, will you follow me? I'm like, yeah. Like I said, I will. Good with that. He says, those who are, this is what the Bible says, those who are led, everyone say led, by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. He says, and the Lord says, son, I'm not going to follow you. If you're a son, you'll follow me. And those who are led are are the sons of God. If you want to walk in true sonship, you've got to follow me. I'm like, okay, I think I got it. I'm going to follow and as I sat there, I went, okay. I lifted my hands like this. I heard in my right ear an English accent. Now, I looked and there was no one on my right. So I leant forward and just past the wall, um, there was a person. Two, two men and they were speaking with one another. And as I saw this person, I looked at his face. I could hear, he, he was, I could see he was, he was, he was a guy and he was speaking with an English accent and I was about to do this what every Brit does lean forward go alright mate where are you from I'm from England too and they'll go alright mate this is where I'm from and then we say what football team do you support and then that's it like cheers see you later that's what we do right in the same way as Americans go how you doing same thing right but the English version right so when I say it here and you say how you um, well, you, if you say um, are you okay here which you say in England People go, yeah, I'm fine. Why? It's like, oh, no. So you have to change it to how you do it. Anyway. So I lean forward, and I'm about to say that, and the Holy Spirit went, shh. So I lean back. And as I lean back, I, again, felt the presence of God, like I just centered myself, like the ball bearing had just seated itself. And as I sat there, I was like, okay, wow. And I thought, all right. I'm not going to say hi to this English dude. <laughs> Whatever. So I carry on, and I just start thinking about God again and what, about what I'm going to write in my journal and just enjoying this moment. And as I sat there, the Holy Spirit said, just listen. So I started to listen to what I thought was to the Lord. And again, I heard an English accent and an American accent, two people talking. And this is what one of them said, I don't know what to do. And in the minute, I just thought there's a business conversation. These are business guys. They're talking about something. And I kind of went back. And I'm kind of going in and out. I can't hear the conversation. I'm just picking up these just like every now and again, a random word. And then I heard the word Holy Spirit. And then I heard the word church. And I'm like, whoa. And I listened for a moment. And I thought, these guys sound like they're pastors talking. 
They're talking about Holy Spirit. They're talking about God. And as I sat there, I thought, where's Talia? <laughs> you know the lady getting, called Leah, getting with tea? Anyway, so I thought, Talia's never late. And the Holy Spirit said, she's going to be a bit longer. And I sat there like this. I started like almost cry like, this is awesome. Is this being in the Spirit? I feel so safe right now. I feel so centered right now. I feel so soft. I feel so this. I feel so warm. You know when, when they walked with Jesus, they said their hearts were warmed. <laughs> I just felt this. It was like that. It was like, what's going on? This is, a, this is fantastic. This is, this is awesome. Anyway, Talia shows up and later Suzanne shows up and, and, we're, and, and, and we're talking. And suddenly in my peri- oh, suddenly I, I, I realized, hang on a second, this could this be the pastor of this church several cities away that Tim, that I was talking with Tim about? And as I thought, I was like, no, this is, this, is, this, is, this is crazy. So I went online and I Googled the name as best as I could remember. And I didn't know the pastor's name. And I just remembered the city and the name of the church. And a whole bunch of names came up. And in the end, I found it. And it said, there's this guy from England. And he's the pastor. And I clicked it and I looked at his face. And I leant forward and I'm like, that's the guy. I'm sitting next to him, like four feet away around the wall. And I just wanted to be on my own. And I wanted to, and I said, good morning, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, will you listen to me? And I'm sitting there like, whoa, and I'm just starting to get excited. And I'm trying to tell Talia, and I wanted to call Tim, and I, and I was going to go and talk to, to text Tim. You never guess this what? And the Holy Spirit went, shh. shh. Don't you follow? Like, oh, yeah. You ever felt like Peter, James, and John? Or the transfiguration in Luke chapter 9. Oh, this is amazing. Look, Abraham's here. This is awesome. Wow, let's make a shelter. You don't know. You don't have to do anything. Shh. That's how I felt yesterday. Two days ago. Anyway. I'm trying not to miss any details, but bottom line is I saw these two gentlemen stand to their feet shook hands and in my peripheral vision they started to walk out and the Holy Spirit says go. I said what? He said move. So I jumped up. This is two days ago. Restaurant was, the coffee shop was busy and I walked through the parking lot and it was just starting to rain. This man was walking and he was halfway across the parking lot and I shouted his name. I said Andy. Andy turned around and our eyes met he went he said do I know you I'm like oh shoot this is going to be really weird (laughs) and I said no sir and I started to walk towards him and our eyes met he said then how do you know my name I'm like yeah that's a good question (laughs) I'm not a stalker I said, I think the Holy Spirit wanted us to meet. I said, last night, I was meeting with a couple and they talked about a church a few cities away from here. And there was a pastor from England. And something was going on. That's all I know. And my first appointment this morning was in a coffee shop. 
And the, I said to the Holy Spirit, good morning. He said, will you follow me? I said, yes. Then he told me to be quiet. And then you started talking. And now I'm talking to you. And we just hugged each other. And we're just aware that God was doing something. That family's here on my left here this morning. And I want to ask Andy if you come up here. This is my friend who I've known for 48 hours. <laughs> but we know each other after the spirit. <laughs> Andy, come up here, bud. I just, want, I just want him to hear, just to share, unedited. You're, we haven't rehearsed this, so Andy, just talk, bro. What would you like me to do, sorry? <laughs> What's that? What do you want me to just do? Just whatever you feel. Unedited, just yeah. <laughs> You have no idea how extroverted an English person you have here. <laughs> uh, I'm really hard of hearing, so the first miracle was I heard him say, Andy, um, then he spoke my love language, which is English. Uh, we've been... <laughs> As a church, I'm not going to go into detail, but it's been a really tough time. Uh, the church needs to represent the heart of God first and foremost, uh, from the leadership all the way down. And we've been pushing through and pushing through and pushing through that. And it's had lots of difficult conversations. A really difficult conversation happened last Sunday, um, and I, I didn't know what to do. I'll be really honest. And so... Yeah, to have Dan come up. Well, first of all, I'm in a Bible study with uh, Tim and Lloyd. Tim said, hey, I feel led to pray for you. What can I pray about? I said, uh, well, he says, can I pray specifics? I said, I trust you, but it's confidential. He prayed, and I looked like I'd seen a ghost. Uh, it was almost like I'd had an hour and a half conversation with him in relation to what was going on. So first of all, the bookend of the week was, God has got this. Really rough conversation Sunday night. I meet Dan, and I suddenly realize, you don't know what the future holds, but God has got this. Like he, I can't even, when God turns up, it's almost like an, an ostrich will walk through here and help himself out and walk through that other door. And you think, what has just happened? Like you have nowhere to compartmentalize this. Dan was that ostrich for me this week. I've been called a lot of things. <laughs> Fine legs. He never puts his head in the sand, I will say that much. Uh, so we don't have church this Sunday because of a serious conversation. Um, I'd love for you to be praying for our church. We're just here to receive and be blessed. And we're, we're delighted to be a part of the family of God. We're delighted that people listen to God as Holy Spirit and just obey. And it's awkward and it's going to feel like it's weird. But trust me, when you hear from him and you speak those words to someone who needs to hear them, like those words from Tim and then from Dan, I'm not going to forget that for the next five years. It'll be one of those miraculous things that happens every five years. I actually think there's a load more miracles about to come, but I'm just deeply grateful for, for you guys blessing us, deeply grateful for this guy's humility. I would not have done what he did. Thank you. I, church, I, I, I just feel to do this in God, right? You don't know this family. But Paul says you don't know no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. But I don't know everything they're going through. But in John it says, you will do good to send people on their way in a manner worthy of God 
even though they are strangers to you. And I have honestly, I, I feel like more than ever, I don't want to think too much because the mind controlled by the Spirit's life and peace. Right now, this, this week and next week and the following, these weeks and everything that God wants to do, and I've got glimmers of what God wants to do, I just want to be led by the Spirit and not my brain, which means when my brain starts kicking and I start overthinking things, the Lord says, just you're going to mess this up. Will you just trust me and be led by my Spirit? If you want to walk in sonship, then be led by me. I will show you if you listen and shh. So I have no idea what's going on. I really don't. But what I do know is we're a healthy lively, spirit-filled church that are listening to the Spirit of God and God is with us. Church, I say it again, God is with us. He is with us. God is with us. He is on this house. We're going to go from step next Sunday and the following Sunday and you watch, you watch, you watch. The kingdom of God is going to come in a powerful way. There is going to be an awakening of the Holy Spirit. Hundreds of people, listen to me, are going to come to the Lord. I'm not talking about church plants, transplants and calling it revival. I'm talking about if if you I'm talking about salvations. People are going to get saved. People are going to get saved. Hundreds of people. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But we need to get ready. Be kind to each other. Read that scripture. Read First Thessalonians five. Read it slowly. Read it. Let it let it dwell in. But church, before we go today, I would like Shelley. I've not even met Shelley. I've never even said hi, Shelley. Shelley, will you come out here and your kids? Will you just bring kids? Will you come out here? All three, just want to, we just want to honor you. I've never even said hi to Shelly. Um, <laughs> but this is what I want to do, church. I want to have a few of us pray. But I'd like to take up an offering for them and have, leave, them, leave, them, leave this place so disgustingly blessed. See, because, because God, we can't make this up. I can't, you know, all I know is that God did this. Therefore, like, God, what do you want us to do? I don't know. But what we can do is the first step is leave them here blessed. Just leave here blessed. Like, I don't know. And for, the, for each one of you kids, I want you to know, God thinks you're amazing. <laughs> and, and you're going to remember this day for the rest of your life. That God's people, God always shows up. <laughs> and even when people mess up or let you down, God never does. So can we all stand, church? Just put your hands out like this. Thanks, Jim. You just put your hands out like this. I want to pray for us first. Oh. Just take a brief, deep breath. Say good afternoon, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Just find your center for a moment. Allow yourself to be still. Be still and know that he is God. Jesus. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Precious Spirit of the living God. fall in this place. Fill us anew. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us for our minds to come under the control of you, Holy Spirit. That we would live by the Spirit. We would be led by you, Holy Spirit. God, I ask that as you would teach us this week is that we would go into that training this time of fasting and praying that as we're led by you that we would be amazed at what you do through us I ask that you would just give us you would encourage us with with little tiny things to massive things from little miracles that represent little needs that we have that you care about because we do and yet massive things as well Holy Spirit come right now <laughs> 
Come and touch us afresh. I ask that you would turn discouragement into encouragement. I ask that you would turn disappointments into an appointment with you right now. I ask that, Holy Spirit, that you would eradicate shame, that shame would fall off, disgrace, shame of hidden sin, shame of secrets, shame of things that we think no one else knows, but you do. I just say, shame off you in Jesus' name. You're a child of the King and He loves you. When He looks at you, He sees not what you used to be, but He sees Jesus, the perfect Lamb. The wrath of God was satisfied at Calvary. God isn't in a bad mood. He's in a good mood. You've been taken from the domain of darkness and you've been brought into the marvelous kingdom of the son that he loves. God bless your people today. Touch them, God. Holy Spirit, touch them afresh. Let joy go go back into people's houses today. Let righteousness, let your peace go back into people's houses. Lord, I ask that you would return to some the joy of their salvation. That there would just be a fresh joy of salvation. A joy of just knowing you. (laughs) Thank you that we're no longer slaves. Thank you that we're no longer sinners. Thank you that because of the finished work of the cross, we are now sons and daughters. We are now saints. And because we're saints, we get to follow you, our Heavenly Father. Where you're taking us is good. Where you're taking us is an adventure. I thank you for this next week. I thank you that we can do great exploits. We can go on an adventure with walking with you. I thank you that in light of the great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews 12 talks about, we can throw off everything that hinders and we can throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. And we can run the race with perseverance, the race that has been marked out for us so we fix our eyes on you Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith I thank you for the joy that was set before you when you died on the cross with us I thank you that we are your joy Lord I ask that anyone who's weary in this place that weariness would go right now in Jesus name I cancel weariness demonic oppression in Jesus name Spirit of the living God. We say we want you, God. Will you say that? Just say we want you, Holy Spirit. We ask you to come. We need you, God. We need you, God. Pour afresh on us, God. Pour out afresh on us. Remove the dross. Remove the dross. Church, I'd encourage you, go and find that secret place this week. Find it. Maybe five minutes in the car. Say, good morning, Holy Spirit. And you'll be up for an adventure. You know, one encounter of listening to the Holy Spirit can change someone's life. And it might change the course of yours too. I thank you that you pour out your Spirit on all flesh. I thank you pour out your spirit on every type of people, on every personality. I thank you that you love us all. And I ask that we would be kind to each other. As the spirit of the Lord envelops you, clothe us with power that we would be kind to each other. And it's by this kindness and this love that the world will know. In Jesus' name.